I saw them live for the first time in November. Okay. It was my Christmas gift from my mom. Oh, cool. And I played it right because I got like, I bought tickets to see like a festival at Jiffy Lube in like last July and like three days before the festival was going to happen, it got canceled at that specific venue. Okay. They refunded me. Appreciate it. But then, like, three weeks later, uh, Ticketmaster was like, uh, because of, like, we screwed up, we'll give you two free comp tickets to anything remaining on our schedule. So I went to see Gojira and Slipknot, which was cool. Oh, I'd like to... I'm a closet Slipknot fan. We talked about this at uh, Homegrown Fest. I really like them a lot. Uh, Because I have the Slipknot snare. Yeah, Because it sounds so good. Yeah. But everybody, like... Everybody wants to hate on that band. I don't and know. I don't get I, it. Like, I think you have to be a four. I think I just think my fourteen-year-old self would have really loved Slipknot had it Slipknot been around when I was younger. So my fourteen-year-old self did, but then like I never really hung out with like the metal people in high school. I was so awkward and introverted, and I all of my friends were just the other outcast like nerd people. Mm-hmm. So none of us really had any common ground. We were all just like, everybody else kind of sucks, so like we're just going to stick through this. But I've always been a huge closeted Slipknot fan. And then I saw them live, and I was like, I don't, I don't need to hide this anymore. Like yeah. This is one of the best shows I've ever seen. Like They look like they're playing in the Carbonite Chamber in Star Wars oh, like yeah. with their stage, yeah. and they're killing it. Like I kind of wish like they had a little less, just a little less people on stage and like other things because i think sometimes that it does get distracting because like sometimes the dj doesn't have anything to do so he's just like acting like a hype man yeah okay and some of the like most of the costumes are cool some of them are really really hokey Mm -hmm. Um, but no there it's lyrically like if i that's the thing like when i go to the gym that's i always listen to my slipknot playlist and then I started listening to lyric videos on YouTube of Slipknot songs because I didn't exactly know all the lyrics, and now I, I, then I started liking them even more. Cause, yeah, Corey Taylor's because lyrics are good. Like, and he's a he's a genuine he's a genuine person. Yeah, he seems like a dude that like I watched an interview with him where like some like UK publishing thing like gave Slipknot an award, mm-hmm. and he like didn't expect it, and he was like crying. Just like happy, I was like, "Oh wow!" Yeah, he's a cool. pretty. I watched something about. Um, he was with a psychologist. It was like a show that. Um, I don't know if the psychologist. It's like his show, or it was. I don't know, but it was him and Corey talking about, like childhood molestation, and I've seen that pop up on my YouTube, yeah. but I've never watched it. It was. It was. It was pretty. It was real short. It's pretty intense, but yeah. So I think I think that's why like uh, lyrically he re- like kids like a lot of disenfranchised kids relate relate to him and that's what I think that that band is for it's for like outcasts like yeah I know that like you know I mean they're a hell of a lot better than Kiss like <laughs> oh, oh yeah so and they're more technical as but, far as any shtick band is concerned yeah yeah and yeah. And I do like the theatrics. I think it's pretty it's badass. It's crazy to see live. Like, you want to make fun of it until you see it, and you're like, oh, I get it. Because I'm a huge... I'm not a guitar player, 
but Jim Root is one of my favorite musicians. Oh, I, I, yeah, there's so many good riffs yeah. on their records. and um, At the moment, he's got that, like, I'm trying to totally rip off his look because he looks like a homeless guy who also knows a lot about, like, fine wine and cigars. Yeah, he, and I was well, like, he's I, a metal guy that plays a telly, so yeah. he's, he's, he's got a dichotomy. And I'm all about juxtaposition. Yeah. So. Now, like, I, yeah, I have the, well, I don't have, I don't, I don't think I own any of the records, but I have all of their stuff on my Apple Music. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's a good gym. Good workout stuff, like, but. I'll use, like, we have a family, like, stationary bike in the basement mm-hmm. that I'll ride occasionally, uh, trying to get back in shape. And the Slipknot playlist is always <laughs> great in the moment, but then the next morning, it's like, oh, wow. Like, what happened? <laughs> You're like, oh, I, I rode to Slipknot songs for two hours. So that explains. I like the uh, idea of, um, like, performing with a mask or, like, makeup or things like that because, like, there's definitely, like, it, it appeals to me because I think, if you're insecure about your appearance and and you feel like your inside isn't rep- or your outside isn't representative of the person you are yeah. on the inside like that's a way to like express like you know cuz you can't help what you look like you know right. and you can feel a certain way about yourself and and but maybe your looks don't portray that so like i like the idea of um being able to create yeah it's like cool. what like what you want people to see or like what you are but you also have to be i think an authentic human being from the start to pull that off oh yeah yeah but like i get that like i in my mind i'm like i would look awesome with long hair but every time i try to grow it out it's too much to manage well you gotta, you gotta get over that it's that middle ground of long hair that's yeah like, once you're past that point you'll be all right it takes uh, I tried it the other year. You should now's a perfect time to do, uh, be doing that. Well, one, I I see the foreshadowing of what's happening up top. Okay. So But then it was brought to my attention like two Christmases ago at like one one fifteen in the morning, Christmas morning, just a, a text thread with some friends, and someone pointed out that when I had long hair I very much resembled a young Charles Manson, like to a T. Hmm. And it was scary, scary accurate. Hmm. And then now that I sort of feel good about myself, I'm like, I don't want to ever be dating a lady who's attracted to dudes who look like Charles Manson. It was a weird, it was a weird moment. But there was, you know, Jim Morrison resembled Charles Manson. It's true. Who else? I'm trying to think. Basically any guy with long hair and a beard. And a beard, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. But now, like, Jim Root's got, like, a mohawk mullet, and I was like, that's sick, and he's got a really long, overgrown beard, and now that I'm far enough along in my, like, music and audio career, mm-hmm. none of my bosses care about, the only thing they care about is getting the job done in a professional manner. That's the, uh, I've noticed with nursing, uh, the uh, restrictions on what people, like, tattoos and... Mm-hmm. And things like that, or because now most of the younger nurses, like male and female, all have tattoos, and like all the EMS people have tattoos, and everybody has beards, and yeah, yeah, it's cool. And I guess like 
know. It's all perspective, I guess. Yeah. Like, it doesn't doesn't make me not capable to do my job. And, I mean, I screwed up early, if you have that perspective, because I started getting heavily tattooed when I was, like, 18. Like, I had tattoos before we even met. I think as long as you stay away from neck tattoos, you're okay. Yeah. Or anything on your face. I, <laughs> I face is still... definitely a never. Did you ever see that comedian? I don't know the guy's name. I know exactly who you're talking he's... about. <laughs> he's, he's got the face tattoo. It was the Mountain Dew joke, right? Yeah, he's yeah. just like, do you know how many, you know how much Mountain Dew you have to drink? drink not to be the neck tattoo <laughs> guy. <laughs> what is that guy's name? He's really it's good. It's Shane... Yeah, yeah. I'll, I like him. I'll link it in a description because yeah. that that bit's great. I like him. Because someone uh, was like, "Don't be that guy," and I was like, "Listen, if the front of house dream ever happens and I just live on a bus, like, I could get talked into it. Not now, but in like twenty years, right. it's just like my audio career is solid and I have nothing to worry about. Fine, why not?" It's funny. I used to think. That but I, I saw a kid like not to cut you off, like younger than me. Like we were on a. Uh, a production break just out of sheets like in between um because the one sound company i work for we do the tech support for the maryland theater in hagerstown yeah, yeah and we're like getting lunch at like picking up our order at sheets and there's a kid who's younger than me who like has like a houston astros logo like on his neck and then like another thing on the face and i was like that's that's a bad idea <laughs> like i love tattooing like one of like the first friend i made in the real like adult world was my buddy Davey who's done all my tattoos. Mm-hmm. Like, he's been phenomenal influence in helping me find myself. But even he's like, don't, like, if you, I, I will tell you no if you go, for go a, too far. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I appreciate I just that. started looking at him. Like, uh, I would never got one. But uh, I was, I've been shopping them lately. Um Cause I like it used to be the thought is like you get a tattoo and as you get older, they don't age well. But now as I'm now that I'm physically aged, um, I feel like the tattoos just cover up the aging. I'm aging. Like, I yeah. guess. <laughs> I don't know. Like it, and I, well, more as it doesn't matter anymore. Like like physically, like what I look like anymore because. I'm just getting older, so I now I don't care. It's like tattoos. It was the first thing I ever really did in life that like felt right, where it was just like, this is something that hmm. should have been a part of who I am. And every time I get another one, like I have ones now that I'm like, I could have gotten something better or more significant. Hmm. There's a weird gray area because I have like my select couple that are like super sentimental. Mm-hmm. And then I have... Like, all of my, like, ridiculous ones where people are like, why would you get that? Those are my favorite ones. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, they're good conversation. Like, I have Krampus wearing a Santa hat on my knee. People are like, why, and why on <laughs> earth would you get that? I was like, because it's hilarious. It is funny. Yeah. Or, like, I have a UFO abducting a three-legged cow. Oh, I, that's pretty... I have a poster we did for the band that looks like that. People like to point out that they're like, you're, uh your guy there forgot the fourth leg. And I was like, no, no, no. This was an artistic choice on my behalf. Let me see. That. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because one of my favorite comedians does a joke about, like, he's like, I watch all the stuff where, like, I'd, like, everyone's like, go vegan. He's like, so I feel guilty, so I feel like I shouldn't be able to, like, you know, eat an animal unless I can kill it. Like, not with a rifle, but just, like, MMA style. <laughs> and he's like, and that's a joke. Like, what are you going to do, punch a cow? 
He's like, you would feel bad. What do you, if, if you sweep the leg, now it's a tripod. It's more structurally sound than the original design. I was like, that's a good joke. That would make a funny tattoo if it was being abducted by aliens. So then I pulled the trigger on it. Cows, for, cows are a lot to mess with. They kind of are like, yeah, structurally sound. It's hard to knock them over. Yeah. Even with three, yeah, even with three legs. I don't know. I remember, I mean, I'm not good at, like, life skills that are going to progress society, like, functionally. But I remember in eighth grade, like, when you had to build the bridge out of, like, toothpicks. It's like, if you incorporated a lot of triangles, it was more accurate than hmm. just... I never got to do that. I don't know engineering and physics enough to hmm. do that. Yeah. Build a cow out of toothpicks. That would be cool see if the three-legged cows were more... I have, like, put toothpicks in the meat of dead cows and, like, served them as hors d'oeuvres. And you get four toothpicks and stick them in a hot dog make little craft cows. (laughs) (laughs) Making making sculptures of animals out of meats that they did not provide is, like, the ultimate insult. Yeah, that'd be too obvious to do it with meat that they come from. It's almost offensive at that point. Make little dachshunds with hot dogs. Or like a giraffe. A giraffe giraffe would be cool. Because, yeah. It's just the neck, yeah. Use a Hebrew national for the neck. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite hot dog, the Hebrew national. (laughs) It's a good one. Blessed by the rabbi. It It says so on the packaging. I think they sell those at Camden Yards. I miss going to baseball. I think baseball. that's why um, baseball hot dogs are good, because they're kosher. They're blessed, yeah. Yeah. I think the Hebrew National was like the... Um, I think they are, because I think it's a base- like, hot dog of baseball or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And that's why they're so good. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I just remember I went to... Where was that? Ocean City a long time ago. There's a place called Peppers, and they had Hebrew National hot dogs. Well, the ones that you buy in the store are little, skinny. So I got two because they're little skinny ones. And but the ones that they had at this restaurant were like, like ginormous size hot dogs. So I had these like two huge Hebrew Nationals that were way too big. Went to an Orioles game once, and if Maryland abuses anything, it is crab meat and everything. Mm -hmm. So I had, like, crab mac and cheese on a hot dog once. And I was like, this is surprisingly good. Yeah, the mac and cheese can cover cover the... Make good for the meat transition from hot dog to crab meat. You have to have mac and cheese in the middle. You need a buffer. Yeah. Yeah, because you couldn't just put crab dip on a hot dog. That would be... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Maryland's like crazy about their their flag, ravens, and, their and crab meat. <laughs> Just so I can keep monitoring, I don't want it to shut off and us look cool. like forty minutes of. I had that happen once, and I felt so bad. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Did so? Did you? Uh, did you do, have an interview with Waylon remotely? Was that remotely? Yeah, we I did listened, that over. Uh, I listened to that one. Oh, thank you. And I listened to the one with Aaron as well. I think I did two with Aaron. Yeah. I did a third one with Aaron that's never going to see the light of day because it was 
really bad because it was just us talking about sad, awful, terrible, just not being in a good spot with things. Well, that's nothing wrong with that. No. Some people are in that yeah, space everyone's... and they like to hear people <clears throat> talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah, because like, if you look on social media, it's always just like, you could be doing like 400 hours of exercise a week now that you have the free time. You could. It's like, no, I just want to like, I want to skateboard poorly by myself because it's the only thing that like, yesterday was the first day that broke me thus far this quarantine. Because I'm, I like to think I'm calm and reserved right. for most, but like I had what I assumed to be like just a straight out like anxiety attack in the morning. Because you felt like you couldn't go anywhere. Yeah, it was yeah. just, it was bad. And I think it's like, it was a bunch of little stuff that like, I think had I been working and like living a normal life wouldn't bother me at all, but because I have nothing to do but just... It's, it's got to be psychologically difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a lot of distraction, so it hasn't been That's bad. Key. But it yeah. was nice though because I went. I had the most like nihilistic skateboarding session last night. Where it's just like I didn't care if I like got scratched up or hurt or whatever because like well I already feel terrible so. I think that makes me a psychopath, but I'm not sure. No, it's uh, that's what skating's for. I just want to physically like I just wanted to physically feel. I I didn't care if I physically felt as bad as I mentally felt earlier in that day. <laughs> so I guess that's a whole, like, take your negative and spin it to a positive? No. Uh, I mean, skating is uh, very good with um, when you feel pent up or uh, need to get aggression out. That's why I liked it when I was younger, because it was that, was, that was the easiest way to express those feelings. Yeah, you know, and it's an individual sport, so you don't have to. You don't need a teammate. Need anybody just... around, and yeah, yeah. Because I'm not even doing anything like impressive at this point. Like I was never good at it, but when I was in school, like I went to the skate park once, and like all the older kids were not the most welcoming. Hmm. So I got the... that's that sucks. Yeah. Usually it's not that way. Usually older skaters are pretty um, treat younger skaters better. Um, I imagine it's probably that way now, but maybe just in middle school when everything was terrifying, it didn't seem great. Hmm. And then my only other buddy who was into skateboarding like moved schools. Right. And I guess I didn't appreciate it for the... the in, like it, I, it should have been a part of my teenage years, yeah. like through and through. Yeah, like... I mean, I... I don't know. When I lived in Texas, I, I did go to skate parks when I was younger, and it was intimidating Like if there was other people there, but... The most of the skating I did was by myself, like, as I got, like, when I lived in Pennsylvania, and there was no skate parks, and uh, so there wasn't anybody to discourage you, really. Um, kind of, if you skated, you instantly had friends that were skaters, because, yeah. like, we're kind, of, we're kind of a small group of people, especially in the, during that time. Like, yeah. now, it's, like, kind of kids skating and they're not uncool because they skate but it used to be not the was not the thing to get chicks or no. be popular neither was uh, being in bands so no no that uh it was the thing if you wanted to be chased chased around town uh by people and remember there's this guy used to have a chevy nova with like rusty panels on it 
it was like a multicolored car, and uh, he would chase us through town when we were skating all the time. And uh, it was like a movie, like an 80s movie. I got, <laughs> I got really bad looks from like a baseball dad the other, the other weekend when I went out to my parking lot that I like to just push around in. Because huh. like when I first started like getting back on the board, like it's, a, it's been a recent... I got the urge when the weather was still like rainy and cold. Yeah. So I was like, I don't really want to weather this. Yeah. But now that it's been nice, I've been going like almost every day. So there was just a dad like doing baseball drills with his like nine-year-old kid. And he was definitely mad that his nine-year-old kid didn't have like God-given abilities to be like the greatest <laughs> baseball player. The kid was probably more interested in skateboarding. So then when I show up and I start pushing around and like falling <laughs> off my board, he just like... The kid's like... It definitely annoyed the dad. And I was like, well, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, I'm, I'm not bothering you. I'm not, like, That's funny that doing stereotypical, like, skater uh, yeah. well, the know, dad shenanigans. Can't, the dad can't see the, you know, he's there playing baseball and can't see the relation between your, there on your skateboard. Like, it's just different outlets. Same, yeah, same even, thing. Yeah. It, like, he shouldn't be embarrassed that his kid's bad at baseball. He should be embarrassed for me and how terrible at skateboarding I was at that point. I spent more time, like, chasing the thing than I did actually on it. That's... It was uh, funny. Uh, I found humor in it. And then he left, and then I had, like, the parking lot to myself for, like, an hour and 40 minutes. That's... That's as I get older when I skate. I try to go to the park when there's nobody there. Yeah. Um, and, but it is funner skating. It's a lot more fun skating with people. I imagine when things open up... It'll be nice to like hook up because I have some friends who skateboard. Yeah, but right now it's my only sense of alone time. Hmm. So it's just nice to keep it alone. Yeah, it's cool. Because if I'm mad at whatever, whatever I could just who or whoever and whatever I could just push for. Yeah. However long, attempted some ollies yesterday. wasn't great. Probably gonna go out and attempt more tonight. There you go. Ollie and takes uh, it takes time. It's the first gear of skateboarding tricks. Yeah, it's, it's the foundation. Easier to go from second to third gear than it is from idling to first. Yeah, it's weird that, like, I, I wonder at what age I'll be that I won't be able to do to do that anymore. Like, cause mm. it, like, if I get on a board after, like, about 20 minutes, if I haven't been on a board for a long time, like, if it's been, like, a year... It takes about like half hour to get my some of my timing back, but yeah. but I've never not been able to like once I learned how to ollie and ollied over everything all day long, like when I was in my teenage years, like it seems like it'll never it'll never go away. Yeah. Like like it, but the timing, like when you're late, your legs do feel rubbery. Like if you haven't been on a board for a while, like it's the same thing with music too. Yeah, yeah. it's like I don't think I'll ever not be able to play something on drums. Right. But it's just a matter of how how tight that will be. I mean, it's cool. Like, well, last time I went to the skate park, some kid said to me, "He's like, you're like the oldest guy I've ever seen out here. Like, that's awesome." And and I. No, I know it was a compliment, but I was just like, like, oh, really? Like, I know there's dads older than me that bring their kids out, but yeah, I felt really like, I mean, I'm sort of proud and sort of, sort of embarrassed. Because that's the thing with skating, like, it's, it's so style oriented that, like, and I don't have, like, I don't have, 
uh, I don't have stinky style. Like I, I actually skate really smoothly, but um, yeah. But the last thing I want to do is look like an idiot. But yeah. at some point you realize like I love doing this, and it, and I'm yeah, I'm not young anymore. So, Nothing's going so to fuck it. Anything. I don't care. Like because yeah, at least I'm doing it. Like that's. That's how I feel about music. Like, at least I'm fucking doing it. Like, you know, I'm not, not the best, not the brightest, but at least I'm doing it. Yeah, like, I'll probably never mix a show at, like, Wembley Stadium. But at least I will have spent all of my adulthood doing what I set out to do to some degree or another. Yeah. Like, it's weird, because I get, I easily get down on myself. I think most artsy type of people do. Yeah, that's and true. I, I said this talking to Aaron, and it dawned on me, every job title that I've wanted to ever have in life, I've technically already had. It's just I haven't done it to the degree of success that's my bar of success. You know what I mean? Hmm. So, like, I've played drums on records. I play drums live with bands as, like, a hired-on member. Yeah. I've, I've recorded and mixed and mastered records. I've... You know, I'm I'm a front of house engineer. Like that's my job title at the Majestic. Like yeah. I'm there, I'm the house audio guy. Well, to get I mean to get paid for yeah doing that thing any place is a is a big deal because um, there's like music and sound or you know you can be really good at it and never actually have a job doing yeah. it. So to have a job doing it, it's a big it's a big deal. It was just nice to like take a mental step back and realize that. Yeah, like that, yeah. I found that was more motivating than me sitting down and being bummed about. Yeah, yeah. Everything. I mean, if you get paid to play music, like even if it's you know in any capacity, like it's that's a it's pretty cool. Like um, I don't know. I mean, there's some people that play that get paid that maybe shouldn't, but you know people are willing to pay like there's yeah, a market yeah yeah but it's cool it's nice to take home money for doing something that you like to do it is work though it is yeah i wouldn't say i, I read a like i was watching an interview or listening to an interview or i don't know if i read this quote but it was a touring musician who said like you're not paying us for the 45 minutes to an hour and a half that we're on stage. You're paying us for the other 22 hours that we're not on stage yeah. and what we have to go through to get there. Yeah, there's a lot involved. Like a day, a gig day, um, like for me anyway, is like shot. Like even if I have the whole morning and afternoon off, like gig day, if there's a gig that night, um, everything else is... Because you have to, like for me, like, got to run through the set yep. as much as I can, like, pack up the gear, um, maybe sing a little bit, make sure my voice is sort of warmed up, and um, and then I'm worried, like, stressing about, like, making sure I leave on time, have to pack the car up, like, Man. it's a lot of shit. Yeah, and, like, that two hours of playing or three hours of playing is, uh, is the sort of the easy part yeah but, uh, yeah a lot involved I've definitely found it's weird that like bad days if I have a bad day before a show I feel like the show goes better except hmm. for there was one day I was having a bad day and the show went bad and I was just like this is terrible hmm. it's yeah. just, I guess it's just the relief of 
your passion and your art? I find that the more... I have bad gigs when I have expectations. Yeah. And I've learned that, like, to try to not have expectations, that's the best I'm just thing to do. Calm and yeah, appreciate just, it for what just, it is. Yeah, just, like, I'm just happy to be here is the best approach because I used to just always have way unrealistic expectations. Yeah, because you want everyone to be involved and you want... Well, I want the sound to be a certain way. I want the audience to be a certain way, like... Yeah, it's just uh, I want to perform a certain way, and all that shit just makes, uh, yeah, setting yourself up for failure. I mean, there's times I've had expectations that it's worked out that way, but those are good. It's very few. Yeah, fun, like trying to have fun. I, I, some, somewhere along the line, I forgot that that was the. That the was end goal. Really the reason. Yeah. Yeah. And so now when we play, it's like, hey, this is fun, and you might never do this again, so enjoy it. Yeah. Because you never know. Well, being on like both sides of the console, as I like mm-hmm. to say, like when I play a gig, my mind always like will jump to like, I wonder if my snare sounds good up there. Like, did I tune this appropriately? Or like, I wonder. And I get in my own head about it. But this downtime initially made me rediscover why I liked music because mm-hmm. being on the analytical side I would just over analyze like yeah. everything yeah I'd, I think I tried to I think I at some point tried to I mean when you when you start playing out for money like you get better at doing your sound you get, get more in tune to what um uh, like how to make it sound right and but then for me what started to happen was and I I got really like um kind of went too far that way with trying to control all the little aspects to make yeah. it just right and um and then it you're just destined to be frustrated you mm-hmm. know so yeah I like it when we have good sound guys because then I don't have to worry about it that's always a great, great feeling. Like when I don't have to bring sound and it sounds good, like um, good to go. That's just a wonderful feeling because, like, to be able to sh- like show up, and plug in, like wow, like that's a great. Uh, we used to play up at Dogfish Head in Rehoboth, and, and and that was a killer gig because like they pay they pay you well, they have a sound guy, the sounds awesome, and then you know. The audience uh, at their old venue, like, was just um, like an original music audience, and it was just a great, like, mixture of, um, yeah, it's really unique uh, set of circumstances. It's not very common. The uh, so. the original music appreciating audience is a rare find. Yeah, you just gotta pick your like. They're there. It's just you gotta. Sometimes you have to sacrifice like the. The money gig for the the reward listening gig, gig. yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I've even gotten better with that. Like I don't have, I just don't have. A, I mean, I have friends that are you know full time touring musicians that um, struggle with the same things, and so I don't feel um, like there's a really good artists that get completely ignored or. Uh, have a hard time getting gigs, so I don't feel uh, as bad. Yeah, I feel like well, I'm in good company. 
but we we played this with Nick. We played uh, Springfield Manor, the winery in Thermont. Yeah, like that yeah. place is awesome. Like, like way the, up on the, the yeah on the hill. The, the view is gorgeous. Yeah. And we played it in August, and it was like ninety eight degrees with like ninety hmm. plus percent humidity. Wonderful. It was swampy. Yeah. So no one was really going out of their way to like move or applaud because hmm. it was just so hot. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. So there's just this one guy that was just like staring at us the whole time. And like our set finally ends. I have to leave to go. Uh, my cousin Caitlin turned 30, I believe. So I had to go to somewhere in the greater Towson area for her birthday after hmm. the, because it was a day gig. Right. We were playing like two to five or something and her birthday was like six so I was late whatever but I overhear the guy say to like his wife was like yeah I don't know where you were these guys were killing it and the whole time he's just like stone faced just like st- I was like oh <laughs> I wanted to be like oh you could have clapped but then I realized like oh wait I'm that guy like if the drummer's killing it like I'm just gonna watch that guy the whole time huh it's weird I've had a lot of experiences like that people ignore you the whole night and then come up and say oh that was great we're at the winter circle one time and there was a table of like four people that we didn't know and they were there the whole night and they just had these scowls and they just stared and it just was really awkward for me like because I just felt like man like these people are really miserable and like I, I, like they're still trying to they're still sitting here <laughs> but I think they're pissed because we're cut like we're playing over their conversation and then at the end of the night they entered, came up and talked to us and told us how much they liked it and I was like wow like Interesting. didn't look like it and <laughs> you didn't clap like one time but I think clapping is a thing that people do and feel comfortable they feel safer in when other people are clapping I try to clap after every song for anyone I see yeah, like, I've yeah. seen a couple artists not even at the local level but at like like on tours that have been like opening for shows or I'm just like I'm not clapping for this like this is and I'm, I know that makes me a bad person but well there's some stuff that's just like especially with opening acts of bands that you really like when the opening act doesn't seem to maybe they don't even know the headliner and they don't really care that they have that opportunity because I don't know I've seen a couple i um, I saw a, a, an artist that I saw her open for somebody like like a like a major headliner person that I went to see. I won't say who these people are. Yeah, but, I'm gonna keep my next story anonymous. But um, she she was um, I love her record. Like I listened to her record later and fell in love with it. But when I saw her open, um, she was so like not like just completely uh, apathetic about having the opportunity to open for like a person in like this huge theater space and she was just really bored Um, and she played well she sang well but like really her banter was horrible like she didn't seem interested in being there and I just kept thinking wow like if I had that opportunity like this I'd be so stoked to be up there like and um, but then later on, I found out there was like a 
there was an issue with her and the person she was opening for, like that was in the papers and stuff. So then, oh. so then I was like, oh, maybe that's why it was so weird. But you would think that the audience, she wouldn't take it out on the audience. But yeah, the one band that I saw was like, it turned out that the guitar player in the band for the opening band started the record label that the headlining band initially signed with. And I was like, oh, this is a, I owe you a favor. Oh, to gotcha. Because like, I was just like, look at the bill. I was like, this is not, even for what I expected hmm. out of this, uh, yeah. is not, not good. I don't know. I've seen some great, like in the 90s, I feel like there was a lot of, like the opening acts were usually paired really well with the headliner and, or, or and you get to see like a lot of bands that would eventually then become like your favorite band. Um, I just felt like that happened all the time back then. Like I'd go see one band, but the opener would end up being like, oh, that was like that was like the coolest part of the night. Um, yeah, I've um, seen some good. There have been some good opening acts in my concert going times, and then there's just been some really like not great <laughs> opening. Yeah. Yeah, well, I haven't seen. I went to see the Wood Brothers recently, and um, their opening act was. Uh, I, I mean, they were they were talented musicians for sure, but it was very um, didn't fit very well, and I was kind of wondering why they were there, like, um, and they were very like Vermont, like waspy college type kids. Like, and they were really just really boring. Like, yeah, just I don't know. It was like, oh, maybe they know that, like, maybe the Wood Brothers are like related to their parents or something. <laughs> That's why they're. I, I don't know. But it just wasn't wasn't really great. But I don't know. I don't know. I hate being cynical about. I um, about try not to bands. Be. Like, I just it's hard not. To, I hate I hate going out to see shows and judging the sound or judging the artist and it's just it's a thing I'm trying to get away from because it's hard it's hard not to do <laughs> and I just wonder if it's like artists your own insecurity because it ha it must be just that like like if it's yeah. not you know maybe it's your own insecurity and uh, you're just uh, projecting your own flaws on on those people I think that that tends to be the case if every if everything is fine and you're nitpicking I think that's what it is but like I've been to shows where I'm like the sound should be way better oh, like yeah. it's below yeah. a, an acceptable thing yeah. or whatever I've, I've seen some horrible yeah I've seen some like major like song, bands at major venues where the sound was like dreadful and you wondered like how how why is the sound so bad? It's outside. Like, how do you fuck up the sound? It's like... I know outside shows are the best. I mean, the only problem with the outside shows is the low... Like, I guess the low end is hard to kind of keep the, um, like, the warmth, but... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, sometimes you're just like, wow. Like, I don't know. I try to befriend the front of house people. That's a smart thing. As best as I can. That's the best place to sit if you can be near the console. Yeah, like at um, uh, Wolf Trap. I never, I've never heard a bad show there. I've never like, been there, but I hear it's good. That's really cool. And the, and the front of house guys like, kind of up, uh, towards the top, towards the back of the amphitheater, 
where the hill there's like a mm-hmm. indoor part it's like wood and then there's like just then it's just like a hill like a natural amphitheater behind it and um the funny thing is if you're in on that hill even though you're far away from seeing the artists like that's where the sound is like really good yeah and um always get front row like close to front row seats there and like and then i'll end up walking back to the bathroom being like fuck the sound is way like way better back here but uh yeah yeah i mean there's only one band that i try to not be as close to the console for just because i want the energy of the crowd just because every time i die shows are crazy Hmm. And um, that's like the one, one or two nights a year where I'm like, I'm, I'm willing to get beat up tonight by the public because yeah, yeah. it's hardcore shows aren't at, you know, they're not the best sounding live thing. Like that's one of the few things where it's just like, you're going more for the experience than the sound. Like, it's just fun to scream all the words with everybody else. In the yeah, room. Yeah, like, yeah. But for the most part, I care more about the, the whole production element. Yeah. Um, I have to be close, like any show I have to be somewhat, that's why I go to a lot of club shows instead of like seated shows, because I'd, I'd like to be where I can see what people are doing. And, mm-hmm. um, like I hate to say that I go and like shows to just watch like what everybody's doing and how they're playing. Um, I do it too, yeah, so. You know. so I think, like, so I'm not real interactive with jumping around and things I'm just more into like, I try to be respectful watching it like as a like it's a TV I don't know but yeah I always try to like look over the sound guy's shoulder too hmm. like I saw uh, I saw Thrice in February they did the like a 15 year anniversary tour mm-hmm. and I messaged their sound guy on Instagram oh cool like beforehand I was like hey like come to the show like I'm on the early stages of the pro career and mm-hmm. you're on the like yeah. You've made it, in my opinion, because you do what I want to do for yeah. my favorite band. Yeah. And he was, like, the coolest dude ever. That's pretty great. Yeah. That's but a yeah, smart just, thing to do. People don't me... realize you can you can do that stuff. Like, just reach out to people. and. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny, because I'll get it at the Majestic, too, where people just come up at the end of the night and talk. But I was like, I don't want to be that guy, because I know he's got to leave. Yeah. Because they are yeah. a touring act. So, like, can we hang out beforehand? And we did. You let me... I used to, um, when I used to teach snowboarding, I had a uh, one of the guys that I used to take out on lessons was a. Um, he worked for a sound company that did sound at um, a lot of the Baltimore and DC venues. So they did, I think he did the 9:30 Club, um, and he did. There was a place called Michael's Eighth Avenue, um, and then some other places. But he uh, it was funny because. Um, we were talking about, uh, oh, he was talking about live sound, and, and we were talking about Living Colors, like one of my favorite bands, and um, he had just done sound for them, like at the show that I was at, like a month or two before, and this is in the late 90s. And, um, but he said that, yeah, I just, he's like, like, that was crazy doing sound for this guy. He's like, but I just did a band last week, and the guitar player had, basically four pedals and it was the coolest shit that I've ever seen as compared to like Vernon Reed had like a eight by four piece of plywood that was full of pedals and he's like and but there was this guy in this band it's this new band and like and he just had like he had a wah pedal a distortion and a, and a whammy pedal and 
that was pretty much it. And it was uh, it was Rage Against the Machine, and and he was saying how like it was like the easiest sound check he'd ever done, and they were the best sounding band he'd like ever heard, and um, it was really interesting. And then weirdly, he 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 was doing Blind Melon the following that week, and he said if you he's like I'm doing sound um, if you want to come down for that show I'll I'll get you in and um, and at the time I don't know why I didn't do that but um and i think the dude died not long like a week or two after that so it's kind of strange weird but yeah the guy was really cool he was telling he told me all kinds of neat stuff about like doing sound for different bands yeah that's the uh, the hopes for me yeah that's my dogs you're gonna hear the little one he's locked in the crate i have a buddy who lives in la that I had him on an episode and he works for ESP Guitars mm-hmm. and you could just hear LA traffic like the whole time. <laughs> so I spent so much time just yeah. like cutting everything out between him speaking just so it wasn't. Yeah. He did say it's nice because he, with everything shut down, he can get to work so fast. Oh yeah, down there it's uh, yeah. It's a, I was watching some cool skate videos of LA shut down and people were skating around Man, on the highway and shit. That's pretty, cool. pretty rad. It's been a good, it's just been such a good rediscovery to stay. It's just a like a reset button on a lot of things. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily the worst thing that could happen. I mean, there's so many other ways this scenario could be worse. Um, By far, I think people don't get that. Like we're really, we really have it easy. If you can go, get gas, you can go to Sheets or Rudders and get food and a six pack. Like your shit'll be okay. Like it's not, like it's not fucking martial law and lockdown. Like just chill the fuck out, you know. And like as far as the businesses and stuff, like everybody's hurting, but if everybody's in the same boat and it's a state of emergency then there can be things that can be figured out to like suspend payments you know for people owing businesses that owe bills and things like that so it's 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 manageable like it it can be taken care of like you know it's better than a you know the a bunch of people um the hospitals being overrun with with respiratory patients and not being able to handle it and, yeah. and a bunch of people falling ill, you know. I think a lot of people are blind to that side of it, though. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's... it's. I am, but that's why, like, before we even started this, that's why I said it was like, I, I know I don't know enough about yeah, I mean, it there's, to have a, there's a no, valued opinion. There's no motivation for the scientific community and the... Uh, people to like just say oh we're gonna like make a big deal out of this virus like um they were seeing this stuff months before it happened and they were concerned about it because the way that the virus was changing and and um and how certain people could have benign symptoms and other people had super fast and acute symptoms like that's the thing with it it's like some people are you know getting it and coming out of it pretty easily but other people aren't and it's hard to tell who's they don't really have a rhyme or reason as to why um certain people go into respiratory failure from it and um but it exists it's real like it's 
Chambersburg Hospital has the COVID unit there, and there's people in it, and uh, it's it's exists. It's just I think less people see, you know, bodies lying in the streets, they don't necessarily believe it, you know, which is sad. But <laughs> you know, just listen to healthcare providers, people that deal with it, they can tell you what's happening. It's not, you know. It's not a conspiracy. No. And I'm like a conspiracy guy, too. Me, too. I, but this know. is, too... <laughs> I'd love to believe that this is a conspiracy, but, you know, I'd like to get back to normal, too. Like, it's not fun fucking gowning up and having a mask on every call and sweating your balls off, like, on every patient, because you have to wear eight layers of clothes that you didn't have to wear before. Like, it's not a lot of fun. Um, but it's manageable. Like, the way it is now, it's manageable. And uh, if we keep doing what we've been doing, like, we might get to avoid worse parts of it. But I have a feeling we're going to let up too soon, and and we might be back in the same boat by fall or winter. I don't know. hope not. Yeah, me too. I hope not. I miss being out. Me too. Well, this whole, like... This podcast started with the quarantine, mm-hmm. and it was just weird, because uh, I hit it, like, it started, like, week two, so I think, like, from week two to week, like, eight of quarantine, I did, like, ten episodes, because it was just all I have to do. Yeah, I mean, it... And then the last couple weeks is when it finally, like, hit me, and I, like, resented this whole thing. For like two weeks, like this podcast shouldn't exist. I should be like playing gigs and mixing festivals and like should have had like 22 straight days of work between like the end of April and mid May. Yeah, Yeah, it's uh, it's like Adam, you're being an idiot. Like, I've I've never been much into doing home stuff, but like it's been cool because I have all this stuff I have to do, and um, normally I would probably wouldn't have got any of it done but I'm kind of forcing myself to yeah to deal with it and it's not not all bad Um, I have some projects I need to do I miss the why I miss the gym yeah I miss uh, going out to eat Uh, now that I live in town here I can walk to my favorite places and so it's weird to be here and not be able to do that but you know it'll I'll just appreciate it a lot more. Maybe, more. you know, maybe live music will become better because of this, because people will appreciate that, like, the, that, hey, we get to go out and there's people playing music. Like, For our enjoyment. Yeah, yeah, like, it's not just TV and radio. It's a real people out there. I'm hoping that's what happens. Like, people will appreciate everything a little bit more. Yeah, this is the first in-person episode I've done since, like, one of the first couple so I was really excited when you hit me up with Messenger. Like, well, if you're fine with it, like, you could just come yeah, over man. and do it. I was like, oh, yeah, my God, that would nice be great. To, it's nice to have company. Yeah. So uh, we've yeah. been doing, we did an install. We're doing the new cider place at the outlets. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mela. Or is it Mela? Uh, the Jack's Jack Hard. Cider, but yeah. the the restaurant. Isn't the restaurant called? I'm uh, not sure. Like Josh Fiddler. I know Josh is doing it. Yeah. Um, I think it's called Mela. But we were doing, like, the, the initial, like, walkthrough, like, yeah. coming up with a plan. And, like, we all had our masks on, and I, like, no one else was really wearing theirs. So, I, like, I took mine off, and I looked at one of the dudes on the crew, and I was like, 
it smells like the public in here. <laughs> like, dude, like, yeah. just... Yeah. Never knew, like, the remnants of, like, industrial cleaner could warm my heart the way that that did. Yeah, I can't wait to smell uh, smell the bar again. <laughs> yeah. the, like, stale, the stale alcohol smell. I love be. that smell. I don't know why. I, I think it's a, it reminds me of New York City. Like, if you go into a bar during the day, like, when they've kind of aired it out from the night before and, like, it's warm outside and they have the door open and you can smell all this beer that was, like, There's soaked. that smell to it. Yeah. I've never been in a bar in New York, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's a really, it's a good, it only, you only get that at, like, the, like, the real kind of dive joints, but it's, it's a, it's a beautiful smell. It's like a sweet, stale kind of, it's I, nice. I do miss like just the smell of walking into a brewery on a warm day because it just has that yeah yeah i don't know enough about brewing beer to describe what i'm talking about but everyone who's been in a brewery on a warm day knows exactly what yeah, i'm talking about yeah it'd be nice to eat food that's not from styrofoam container yeah on a plate that'll be great feel so royal <laughs> take this plate from me peasant yeah yeah i don't know it's uh i don't know there's been worse things people have endured this is nothing yeah you know we're not like it's not like uh, uh far less technologically aware humans have survived yeah. way worse things i mean you have netflix you'll be okay like you got the grocery store still open like you it's, have It'll be all right. You have some podcasts, people. Yeah. 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 I haven't been listening to more of those. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend and I like the mur- like the murder podcast. They're, they're the, the big they're last podcast ones. on the left is one of my favorites. I was actually supposed to see them live with Waylon in like April, but hmm. they had to postpone. Huh. They postponed to August, but now all the stuff that I had had tickets for in August got postponed. So I don't know if they're gonna get uh, postponed again or. So what's the, uh, um, um, the Whalen just playing on his own now, pretty much? Yeah, because he moved to Baltimore. Yeah, um, and then Jim now lives in Fayetteville. Okay. So, they didn't like the band didn't break up. No, they just don't live in proximity. Yeah. I like their. What still about uh, is it Jewelweed? Is that Aaron's old band? Yeah. Uh, well, when Aaron kind of started his own thing that okay. I'm graciously a part of. What's um, what's that thing? It's just is a it solo okay. thing. Oh, we're... Well, because it was like, we were supposed to have like the release party for it in okay. February, okay. and then he got really sick. Okay. Like with a viral infection. Okay, might have been... Uh, <laughs> that's the word. Yeah. That's the, the joke of it. Yeah. Because I got hit with something like, it was the weirdest and worst thing, like... Right. It wasn't as bad of a fever, but everything else was terrible about it. Hmm. So I got hit with something, too. So then we postponed that to the beginning of April. And now here we are. Okay. All right. So that's a band that, like, I guess we're going to try to shoot for something for the fall. Okay. But. That's cool. Yeah, I like being in that band a lot. Uh, yeah, like, he's a great, uh, really good singer. Yeah. Great player. Actually, all those guys were really good I, I got to, only got to see him once we played with them in Chambersburg that was pretty killer but uh yeah yeah so he like he you know he kind of started this solo thing with us and then I guess they were kind of just well if you're gonna do that we're gonna okay 
It was weird because they they closed out Gettysburg Rocks in February. Okay. And there was like a 15-minute jewelweed chant at the end of their set. And I was like, this is heartwarming, but also... Huh. Oh, well, people people will get over it. <laughs> I mean, they were great to see. I, I, yeah. I don't mean that as a yeah. knock, but as a, as a live sound guy who's worked for three straight days. Oh, gotcha. Like, gotcha. Like, they, like, you want to get out of there. It's... Yeah. Because I think yeah. we had to, like... I had something at the Majestic, like, Monday morning, and I had been basically at the yeah. Pike since Friday afternoon. Uh, nobody wants to be at the Pike for that long. No. I don't know. My, uh, my parents did get married there, my mom and my stepdad. That's cool. So, And that place is, like, literally not... Since I started doing sound there, I was like, this place looks exactly like it did for mom and Joe's wedding. Like, I haven't been I in there in a seven. long, long time. Like, once it started becoming, like, the kind of touristy like like the weekend warrior bikers mm-hmm. like destination because uh, they used to have used to have bands there pretty regularly that were good um, like Booker Lee and those guys used to play there a lot saw them a lot there um, but yeah yeah I don't know the uh, the Jack's place is gonna be cool because yeah, they're keeping definitely. the one uh, like the biggest cinema room mm-hmm. as like a live events room okay so that would be cool. Yeah, um, excited for that. It's crazy they bought such a big, big space. It's really cool in there. From, it's not. I mean, it's not even complete yet, but what it will be. Yeah, I think I'm pretty excited for it. I always like playing at Hauser on the Hill. It was always nice up there because like being on the deck. Yeah, I never got to play. I saw I saw Jewelweed play there once. I think. Yeah, the wind was a weird. I had our, our speakers blew over once, which was crazy. That's not good. Um, and then the one guy's speakers uh, from this band Boxology, um, guy's speaker blew over and crushed his, uh, I think it was a Santa Cruz acoustic guitar. Ooh. Um, the speaker fell right on it and split it. Uh, it was really sickening to see. Um, yeah. Yeah, crazy wind up there. Nice view, though. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. I haven't been up. I guess, well, I don't know if they're open anymore. I'm pretty sure that place closed because they're just moving it okay. to, uh, like, I don't think the Jacks, I don't think they're doing any of the wine stuff anymore. I hmm. think they're just focusing on the cider stuff. Well, I saw they paved the they paved the road up to it. The hill? Yeah. Finally. Now yeah, it's, they just did it, like, uh, not that long ago, because I drove past there and was like, holy shit, like, they're paving that. That's awesome. Because that was the only thing I hated about going up there was, like, if your car was clean, like, you'd not drive anymore. up that hill and get stones in your brakes and tire treads and, yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be... There's new places to play. Plowman Tap Room. Um, we were supposed to play there, and that got canceled. This is the one right on the square, right? Yeah. Yeah, Ben Wank's uh, Plowman Cider. Okay. So they, they've had they've been doing podcast or uh, live streams from there every weekend. Still. A lot of people have been. That's that's kind of cool. That. Yeah, it's nice to see how technology's come. Like I would like, if I carry through with this thing, to actually do. Like part interview and then part like live session, 
yeah. that I can like interweave three or four songs throughout the podcast yeah. and yeah. have artists perform and yeah, maybe look, build it up and get some some video involved. I think that would be nice. It's my banshees barking. <laughs> They're so friendly, though. They are friendly. They sound mean. I would yell at them right now, but that would that would be the promo clip that I post. Just <laughs> yelling at his yelling dogs. at his dog. Yeah. Uh, shit. Yeah. So uh, I always do the the five song segment. Hmm. We'll dive into that, and we can. Uh, okay. So the was it just a five song playlist? Yeah, just what you would. Uh, uh, I don't know. See, if I was making a playlist, it'd be themed, but I'll just try to go with... It could be themed, it could be not themed. This won't be themed, but it'll be just stuff I've been listening to. So, I don't know, I'm a big Oasis fan, and I just started listening to um, uh, Liam Gallagher's solo record. And there's a really cool song on there called Shockwave. Okay. And it's Liam solo, but it sounds like Oasis, like... That's the thing, like when Liam sings, it just sounds like Oasis. Um, I just discovered Jesus and Mary Chain, like really, really late in life. Um, And I've been listening to this record called Dark Lands, and I really like it. That's what's playing right now. Okay. Uh, The new Fiona Apple record is really That record is really awesome. Very, very good. Waylon um, sent that to me like the day it came out. Yeah. Because I think it has a song called Cosmonauts on it, which yeah. is a Positronic Cat song. Okay. He's like, she stole it from me. And I was like, wait, <laughs> did she really? And I listened to it. I was like, this is a different song. Um, Love you, Waylon. Thank you for being a supporter. Yeah. Of it's a good, yeah, it's really good. Um, shit. I've been listening to a lot of Paul Westerberg, uh, who is, if you don't know who he is, um, I do not unfriend me. Either. Uh, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> uh, uh, um, I won't even pack up. I'm just gonna leave. You can uh, sell all this on Reverb. So if you know the band, the Replacements, Paul, okay. Paul Westerberg was is their singer and songwriter, um, and he's got a bunch of solo records. I've been listening to one of his records called Stereo. It's pretty good. Um, I'm bad at individual song titles, or I would tell you which tracks to listen to. It's all good. I'm, I'll just throw the whole all the records on because I've been making playlists of all these right too. To, it's like oh, I talk about these. I should probably just create like an iTunes and a and a Spotify playlist um, so people can listen to what we talk about. And in that realm, there's a, a friend of mine turned me on to. A, so Bob Mould is like the singer for uh, Husker Du and a band called Sugar, uh, which was his post. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's Du band? I've been listening to all the Sugar records and uh, all the Bob Mould solo records, which there's a lot of them, but they're really good. Um, and I like uh, there's a record by uh, Joel Plaskett called Scrappy Happiness. It's really wonderful. Uh, yeah, there's nice. a lot of good stuff. I just I'm just telling you what I've been listening to this last two weeks. <laughs> all good. So, yeah, I haven't anyway. to anything today. But, it's been a um, couple of these. And I'm like, oh, it's my turn to share music. And I'm like, yeah. I've listened to nothing today. You should, do, you should do a radio thing where you put on shit and talk in between. That'd be, that'd be fun. live with this, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Like, when it opens up, that could be a new angle instead of, uh, like, if we come on 
Because I want all my guests to come back. Yeah. But I don't want to have the same, like, tell me about your musical history, which I always forget to dive into people to do. Like, it's so weird. Because I always say music's so coincidental. Like, I probably wouldn't be playing drums in Nick band, Nick's band if I hadn't gone to see you guys, like, years ago. Huh. I met Nick that night because he opened up for you at the place in Shippensburg. Where the, was that? Uh, Thought Lot. Okay. It was uh, Nick, then you guys, and then... The Hello Strangers? Oh, that, sounds, that sounds right. In like 2014? That sounds right. In the fall. Yeah. Yeah, because the trio just started and I bought Nick's CD that night. Um, yeah, we've had some few shows this, at the Thought Lot. Some of them were good. Some of them, for us, weren't very good. But some of them were really good. Yeah, I like the old, uh, their old setup. I haven't been, that was the only time I've been in that building hmm. was for that show. Yeah, I hung out with you guys. That was before I was 21, and you all went to, like, the uh, hotel uh, or- in Chippensburg, and or- I ordered Orkies. a water. Or did we go? Was it the hotel? Well, you wanted to go to the bar, but I was not 21. Gotcha. I was like, oh, gotcha. I'll walk back, and Dolly was like, well, you could just go here. Yeah. Like, cool. Thanks for letting me hang out. Huh. In my weird uh, pre-identity days. Pre-identity? Yeah. I'm, like, I think I'm finally now, like, starting to, like, find out who I am and what I'm about. Oh. You right, know? Right. Well, I mean, you know, that's what your 20s are for. I guess. I didn't learn who I was until... Still not quite sure. I don't ever want to not evolve. <laughs> but there, like, you just look back and you're like, ah, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's what, uh... It's, like, going to be a constant process. Like, just when you think you're figuring it out, you're going to be like, oh, I didn't have it figured out. I'm typically one to go, like, I used to be one to go too far into whatever I was into at the time. Mm-hmm. So I would, like, buy all the, like, any apparel that was, like, related to whatever I was into. Oh, be it, okay. like, uh, band stuff when I got into jiu-jitsu heavily, like, yeah. like, everyone needs to know I do this. And now that I'm older, I'm just well, like, sometimes it's do like, this for me. Sometimes it's looking the part makes you feel more like... It's motivating you know, to some degree. That that's who you are. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, fashion follows. Like, there's, like, it's it's essential for, you know, like, it's hard to, you know, if you're going to play a gig and you're wearing some lame shit, you're not going to feel, you know, like you're, you're not going to deliver yeah, like if I, that confidence, you know. If I showed up to play a gig with Nick and I'm in, like, just all, like, I wear plain black t-shirts most of the time when I'm just lounging around the house or, like, doing a show or whatever because, you know, you're a a production tech. No one's supposed to know you're there, so we're required to wear all black as, like, plain as possible. But if I went to play a blues gig dressed like that, people would be like, what are you doing? Like, you don't look the part. For the most part. So instead I opt for ridiculous Hawaiian shirts. That works draws attention. It does. My favorite band... The singer wears Hawaiian shirts and pulls it off somehow. I respect a good Hawaiian shirt. I don't know how they do it. So many uh, dudes wear flannel that yeah. we should just... Uh... I, I've just always worn flannel. Well, like, since 90... 89. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm the, you know. I think I was, like, talking to Waylon once. And he's like, I've never seen you not in a plaid shirt. I think it was like we were tracking his EP and I showed up in like a baseball tee and some shorts and he's like this you don't look like you gotcha it's like alright I mean I've only ever really seen you in the winter time so 
it, it it sucks for me being in a sort of Americana band wearing flannel because I don't I'm not wearing the flannel to perpetuate us being an Americana band because we're really not anymore but but yeah like when you have a dreadnought and a flannel shirt I do at times feel a little weird about that but uh, you know. have a plaid shirt on and your keys are clipped to your belt loop I'm going to assume you're a musician. That's, I do both of those things. As do I. The keys come from my job, my job, like I always wear the medic unit keys on my carabiner and I realized mm-hmm. that that's like the best way, because like, I hate putting keys in my pockets because it makes my pockets look bulky, so. And I've, you always get stabbed. Yeah, like. so I've been doing that since the, the carabiner thing since the 90s too but I honestly think I saw you do it at a gig and I was like I'm pretty sure yeah. that looks really cool uh, I want to do that so I ripped it off oh my god that's the ring it is chain wallet that's what I'd like to bring back I had one of those in middle school wallet. I went to a concert once and the lady told me I had to uh, get rid of it hmm. so I like yeah. she wouldn't just let me take like the chain off So I took everything out of my wallet and just threw my wallet away. Huh. I didn't know chain chain wallets were dangerous. They might, maybe they are. I don't know. I guess I'm gonna go in the pit and like (laughs) strangle someone. I was like, yeah, Yeah. me at 14 is really gonna do some damage. It's funny. I wore a chain wallet. I didn't have any money at the time. Like, (laughs) what are you protecting? (laughs) Yeah. One of those minimalist wallets. Now I really like that. It has like my ID, my card. And like a sheets card, and then just a little magnet for some cash. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I don't really. I might have to get another wallet alternative. Yeah, probably get sciatica from my wallet being <laughs> in my back pocket. I keep it in the front pocket. That's smart too. Yeah. No. Oh. That was a. Apparently, it's a thing in like sketchy neighborhoods. Like, keep your wallet in your front pocket so no one can like take it from like no one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anytime I do travel, I always, like, in London and Paris, I wore my wallet in the front. But it was embracing it. Like, once I just started doing it, I was like, this makes way more sense. It does, it does. It's nice not to carry shit. Yeah. It's cool. I always say at the end of every... Oh, I won't say it now, because there might be more to go. But just travel light. Like, it's way easier. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like stuff. Unless it makes noise or records noise. <laughs> well, I might have to let these uh, my engines outside. They get a little all good rowdy. But thanks for uh, being a visitor. Thanks for uh, you're one of my first guests in the house here. So nice. thanks for uh, doing this. Yeah, man. We'll, uh, we'll do it again. We'll do some next time. We'll play some music next. Yeah, time. when uh, everything gets back to normal. I'll have this place set up a little more. And, yeah. I did feel weird. I was like, Thomas is building like a coat hanger thing or a clothes rack. And I'm just like... I would just like to say that that, that thing went together really easy because I thought that it was going to be a... It looks good. Not, it uh, yeah, I, holds all your clothes. Yeah, we have no closets in this house because it's old. So there's no closets. Civil War house. So right. that was something you don't think about when you... Until you need it. All right. All hey, good. safe travel. You too. Take care, people.